0: So I had this silly moment recently, and I have to admit, I I laughed at it, but I want to share it with you because there was a spiritual principle that came to mind in the midst of all the nonsense. So Sherry and I moved this past October from the farm to a, a very nice home here in a residential area. And uh, one of the things I needed to do is I needed to buy a lawnmower, I needed to buy a snowblower and some other things. And I decided I really wanted to go green, and so I bought battery-driven lawnmower and a battery-driven snowblower, which both of them are really good. But I had this moment recently. We've just had a snowstorm, and uh, I was so excited, and I went and I uh, I got the snowblower out of the shed, and I prepared to go, and I couldn't get it to run. I couldn't get it started. And I realized I can't just be pushing this thing through the snow. It has to be able to revolve and throw the snow. And I kept trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, silly as it was, I lifted the lid and realized, oh, I forgot to put the batteries in. And uh, what was really silly is as I looked at that, the thought Blaise Pascal came to mind. No, I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it did. And it's part of this idea, I think, of allowing God to begin to speak to us through even the mundane moments of life. So Blaise Pascal was this great Christian philosopher, brilliant. He was a child prodigy when it comes to the issues of science. And he had an amazing number of great statements. Um, and One of his most well-known has to do with the God-shaped void. Now, before I go there, I think it's important to also say that Blaise Pascal had this profound experience of God. And when he died, they found a piece of paper pinned inside his shirt in which he described this moment of God's presence that was like a living fire. And that he experienced the presence of the living God. Oh, I love to think about that and think about a moment like that. But anyhow, Pascal had this rather famous saying about people, and it was an insight, and and I want to read it to you. He says, he's talking about the longing that happens in people's lives, and he says, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man, in people, a true happiness? of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words by God himself. A God-shaped void. That's why why this came to my mind as I was getting ready to use my snowblower and couldn't get it to run is there was a void inside and the void was there was no battery. And without the battery, this thing's just not going to go and I can push all I want, but it's going to be a nightmare trying to remove any snow without it running. Now, You may think this is silly, but the idea of a God-shaped void is really important to us, especially with our need to share the message of Christ. Now, I want to admit that when I first became a Christian, the emphasis on sharing the message of the kingdom was all about eternity. That was the perspective that most people had and that if you were, quote, an evangelist, if you were witnessing, you wanted people to know that they're going to die in an eternal sense unless they have Christ in their heart. And there was even an evangelism movement all around the world that began with a basic question. If you stood before God today and he asked you, why should I let you into my kingdom, what would be your answer? And the idea is, you can't say because I've been a good person or good works, but it has to do with having given your heart to Christ. Well, that's important. An internal perspective is very, very important. It's something that we should all have about the people that we love. But there's also another factor that I think we should consider, and that is that life can be so empty here without having God in that place that was created for him. I love this notion that the craving inside of us is a distant memory of a time when human beings experienced a great happiness, but all we have now is the print and the trace. And we're trying to put all kinds of other things in that place, but they never satisfy because that place was created for God alone. I appreciate, again, the fact that we want to have an eternal perspective when it comes to the issue of the kingdom. Truly, I do. But I also know that there are people that are, if you will, living in a form of hell now because that craving, that emptiness, that loneliness gnaws at them, and they either try to fill it, with things that could never satisfy, or they work to kill the craving, when all along God is seeking them. He wants to change life, not only for all eternity, but right now, as a matter of fact, there's a sense in which our eternal life begins the very moment that we give our lives to Christ. When we are taken into his heart and he brings us into that glorious kingdom and calls us children of God. When he comes and lives in our heart, There's a fullness that we begin to experience. I was reflecting about my own walk with the Lord. And I think I've shared with you that when I was a young teenager, I did, quote, go forward. I made a commitment and something did happen, but it didn't change my life. As a matter of fact, I went from there and began to just participate more and more and more in things that had nothing to do with Jesus until I was essentially lost. And I remember the turning point came when I faced into the darkness of my own emptiness, my meaninglessness. My mind on that particular night was truly not on eternal consequences. It was on the weariness of life as I knew it at that point and that something was desperately missing. And that began a pilgrimage to kneel with a group of other college students. It was my last semester and ask Christ to come into my life. Now, there was a lot of work that still had to be done and a lot of healing and a lot of unprocessed baggage of the past, but I was no longer alone in it. The Holy Spirit was present inside. And so I begin to think about... The people that are around me that are they're having a hard time because they're either killing the pain of this great longing, or they're trying to fill it in very frustrating ways that will never ultimately satisfy. Now, let's just let's just turn this a little wee bit. C.S. Lewis once said that. In essence, you've got to recognize that you're failing God's moral law to then want to turn to Christ for both forgiveness and freedom. Now, the way I would put that is you have to come to a place where you recognize this can't be all there is. I can't be really living life the way God intended me to live. There's just too much emptiness and too much pain. And out of that, we begin to cry. Can there be more? Is there more than this? And in some of the most desperate moments of life, that's when the cry really becomes the loudest and we are the most open. And that's when we need somebody to be there to share about how Jesus can come and he can bring with him this fullness that he fits into that God-shaped void, to make life run, if you will, the way it's supposed to run without him at the center. Everything else is just horrible effort, personal performance, or the desperation of feeling alone and lost. But when Christ comes in, all of a sudden things begin to change. And that's what happened for me. I'm at this end of college. I've done things I should have never done. And suddenly the emptiness draws me to the kingdom. Jesus comes. He fills me. And to be honest with you, I began to see life from a different perspective. I began to see my future from a different perspective. Still a lot of work. Still a lot of, uh, if you will, cleaning up that God had to do, that he's continued now these 40 plus years. But I no longer had to look for that which would fill the void. Oh, I may have wandered. No, I did wander, but I knew my way home. Home to the heart of God. Home to the presence of Christ deep inside of me. And so what I'm wanting to emphasize as we're sharing today is this whole idea that God is what ultimately satisfies us. And when we as a people or our culture are running hard after performance and privilege and possessions and power, which I think is happening at every level, it's driven by an emptiness that only God alone can fill. You know, there's a part of me that as I grow, and I'm hopefully still growing even though I'm an old man now, older man, um, I reach these other places where I know that the penetrating presence of Jesus has not yet touched because of me. And when I'm aware of that, I want to say, fill that void also. Fill that void also. Because ultimately, that's, that's my hope. This is why we as Christians put our hope in Jesus and believe that he is the answer. The answer to what? To virtually every question of meaning that comes up in life. The question of where, where did I come from? Who am I? What is my purpose? Where am I going? All those questions find their center in Jesus. That's why for those of us that are listening and those of us that are, quote, following Jesus, that's why we become Christ crazy. We're somewhat like Paul in Philippians, that we've tried other ways and it didn't work and it's like dung compared to letting Jesus into this place in our lives. Yeah, I guess it's true. We become Jesus fanatics because once we were lost and now we are found. Once we are lonely and now we're brought into his heart and his community. Once we wondered if we'd ever belong and now we feel his attachment love. So, so what's the payoff here? What, why am I bringing this up? One is to remind ourselves of how important it is that we keep turning within to the presence of Christ. And not buy into what the world's selling. But also, should be able to share with the people that are out there hurting We're going to bump into someone that's frustrated and afraid and lonely. We're going to be face-to-face with individuals that are worn out trying to satisfy an ache. And we're going to encounter folks who are trying to kill all the pain. And if we can become a living witness of what Christ has done, we can declare as Pascal that, that our ache is evidence that there was a once a happiness, that nothing in this world can fill, a God-shaped void. But Jesus has come to fill that. And now, we can taste the abundant life that our Lord
1: promised. I keep looking away. horizons and skylines more concerned with my future than our precious time my wandering soul can't find rest Till it rests and you alone. Just around the corner Every time I go and make the band I still feel disappointed Cause my wandering soul Can't find rest I Thank mm-hmm. you.